0: Hello, and welcome to BCF Moment of Truth. We are Bethel Campus Fellowship, and our vision is to lead students to Christ and prepare them to become reliable men and women whom God can entrust with this word for the next generation. My name is Sarah Argy, and I will be your host for this episode. We also have some very special guests with us here. We have the Iwagroos. I'll let you introduce yourself, you know, share what campus you're an alumni of and how you serve in the ministry.
1: Hi, everyone. My name is Sophia Iwagu, and I am the, currently in the National Court Group of Bethel Campus Fellowship. And I'm an alumni of University of Maryland, College Park, BCF. And I'm also um, leading a Bethel Campus Fellowship at University of District Columbia, David A. Clark School of Law. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. Praise God. Praise God.
2: Hello, everyone. My name is Carmelis Iwagu, and I serve as the head of the finance department at University, uh, BCF. <laughs> And I'm an alum of um, University of Maryland College Park. Woo!
0: go first. All right. So on this episode, we are continuing our series on godly relationships. In part one, we talked about friendships, how to make friends, what are quality friendships, how to deal with opposite sex friendships. But now we're going to dive into romantic relationships. So one- how to be content as a single, and then just navigating the journey from courtship to marriage and then even life as a married man or a woman. And so our anchor scripture for this episode are actually two scriptures. The first one is 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 32 and 33. And it says, But I want you to be without care. He who is unmarried cares for the things of the of the Lord, how he may please the Lord. But he who is married cares about the things of the world, how he may please his wife. And the second scripture is Proverbs 18, 22, which says, He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Now, these two scriptures may seem to kind of be conflicting. But as we discussed on this episode, we're going to share shed some more light on just, you know, the whole area of relationships. But before we dive in, let's just quickly pray. So Father, in the name of Jesus, I just want to thank you for another opportunity to just get into your word, to see your truth and to be set free. I pray, Lord, for all those who are hearing and listening, oh God, as it pertains to the area of marriage and relationships, I pray that as for us, Lord, it will not be a stumbling block, God, but another avenue for your name to be glorified. Father, help us to pursue marriage the way that you intended it. Oh God, may not be said of us that we followed, you know, our own desires, but father, I pray that we would yield to you and submit to you and just accept the truth, no matter how difficult it is, no matter how much it challenges, challenges us, help us to submit and to yield to you, Lord, in Jesus name, we pray. Amen. 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 And amen. So. Background on Sophia and Carmelis, you guys are married. Praise the Lord, Hallelujah! Hallelujah. They are the Yaguas. They are married. Praise the Lord, and um, you know they're going to be here to really share, um, you know, their journey from being single to courtship and, and and now being married, and also life as a married couple. But I wanted to just take it way back to you know singleness because most of your life you were single. <laughs> yes. Praise the Lord, and you know as a Christian in your singleness, you know there are certain things that are very key. And I think when it comes to relationships, the first key thing is just learning to be content, being content with the Lord and, you know, not seeking for anything else, but to know Jesus Christ. And so I want to ask you all, what does it mean to be content as a Christian single man or single woman? And how did you, you know, grow to become content in the midst of all the pressures to get married?
2: Yeah, I think I would, um, really start with the scripture, Um, Sarah, you make a great point. Um, But in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, um, we could see that, you know, the Lord said um, to Adam, he says, not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. So we see here that Adam did not, Come to the realization that he was alone. It was God Mm. that actually you know, communicated that um, through the scriptures. So for me, in my time of singleness, singleness, when I got the revelation that man is God that brings a helper that is suitable for any man, caused me to come to this place of saying, God, what is it that you then want me to focus on? Since you are the one who determines when someone needs a helper, what then must I do in order for me to be you know, for for you to be able to say that about me. And I began to realize that in Adam's life, Adam was focused on his alignment with God. He was doing exactly what God had called him to do, you know, naming the animals, you know, walking and talking with God in the cool of the day. I said, God, I want that to be my relationship with you. Mm-hmm. And when it's, when you will, and when you desire to have that one suitable for me, please get my attention. Mm. So that was my disposition and my mindset through this revelation from scripture that just caused me to be content to really know that man God will get my attention attention when he has that one for me. Mm.
1: Amen. Amen. I want to share a little bit about my journey as well. I think that scripture you um, read earlier, Sarah, is really on point. First um, Corinthians seven, verse 32. Um, it says, but I want you to be without care. He who is unmarried cares for the things of of the Lord, how he may please the Lord, period. And I think that for me, um, what does it look like being content as a single woman? Um, for me, it looks like caring about things of the Lord, um, especially if you're in Christ. If you're not in Christ, then you have a lot of cares, right? Because you haven't yet surrendered. But once you surrender your life to Christ, then you're no longer living for yourself. Colossians three three says that my new real life is hidden in Christ and God. Right. And so your whole desire is, God, w- what are you saying? You know, I want to be I want to I want to do your will. I want to fulfill, you know, your commandments. Lord, what is it that you've spoken about me? And um I think that's how you deal with contentment. Like, that's how you enjoy your singleness, because mm-hmm. you're so consumed with the things of God and that. That gives you joy to see people come to know him, to be able to be used by him, to have family that are getting saved, to have friends that are, you know, are being healed and set free and getting connected to godly community. It's, it's really a joy to see that. And even as we're on our campuses, to see things being transformed in, on your campuses, like God moving on your campuses, marvelous encounters happening and yeah. like people getting delivered filled with the Holy Spirit. It's truly a joy. And I think that's the, how you, how you deal with enjoying your singleness. And I understand that there are people who are growing up in our ministry and they've led the whole college thing, and now they're alumni and they're like, man, you know, how do I, how do I stay content in this season? Because my parents are telling me I need to get married and I have pressure. For me, it's funny because I actually put pressure on myself. No one was telling me to get married. (laughs) And then when I realized that I was actually... Trying to jump the gun. You know, I was, I was so consumed with the desire to get married by a certain age. My mom got married when she was 22. So I was always like, I want to be married by the time I'm 22. No one put forced me. <laughs> I just had that desire and I began to, um, take my eyes off the Lord. Um, but it's so beautiful because the Lord was able to show me that nothing that I do without him will last. You know, yeah. even friendships with like the same sex or even friendships with the opposite sex. If it's not founded on this is what the Lord is saying, this is what the Lord is doing. It won't last. Mm-hmm. And so I, I started being okay with like letting go of everything and all my plans and all my desires. And that's how I dealt with my pressure. I just began to say, God, I don't care whatever you have for me, Lord, that's what I want. And um, I think for someone who's getting like growing and maturing and your parents are kind of pressuring you like, you know, when are you going to bring someone home or when are you going to introduce me to someone that, you know, yeah. you're interested in? I would just encourage you to um, just surrender that, 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 that even that pressure, surrender that voice in your head that says that you have to get married soon, you know, because I believe in that surrendering. And as you do focus on the Lord, God is going to open eyes, you know, whether it be your eyes as a male or it be, you know, the person who's going to start pursuing you as a woman. um, God is going to begin to open eyes because like you're not looking, you know, Mm -hmm. and I believe the Lord works when we're just Busy, like Carmela's read, Adam was busy doing things and the Lord was like, I want more for him. Yeah. And so the Lord will bless you because he trusts you because he knows that you're not going to, you know, um, forsake, you know, the work that he's actually called and and planted um, in your heart to do just because
0: you, you know, are now in a relationship. Yeah. And I, I like how we brought it back to the beginning in Genesis, because what you see with Adam is that because lot of people say. You know, there's so much pressure because my destiny is on the line because of marriage. But, you know, Adam was doing the will of God without Eve. Like, you know, he was doing what God commanded him to do in the beginning and he didn't need Eve to do it. And like you said, God was able to get his attention at the right time and to bring that person. And so it goes to show that as a single, you can very much live out the will of God, even as a single, because now your wholehearted devotion is on the Lord. And so no, it's not tearing you away from your destiny. No, you're not, you know, serving God less because it's just you, but, you know, you as a child of God, you're now also, you know, fulfilling, fulfilling God's purposes. Yeah. Um, but I, I know that the the pressure is kind of different for guys and, and for girls, because for guys is pressure to pick someone. And then for women, it's pressure to be found by someone. So I want to just hear from you, Carmelis, as a guy, you know, what were the pressures you saw or you yourself face? And how did you overcome those pressures when it came to getting married and, you know, choosing someone to be your wife, etc.
2: Yeah, I think, uh, for me as a male, there weren't many pressures in the sense of who do I choose? Um, you know, whether it be family or things like that, um, my my parents had their expectations, which they communicated to me. But from the onset of my salvation, um, I made it clear to my family that, man, I, whatever God wants of me is what I'm going to do. So sometimes it came off to family that, man, you may, I may not be married, <laughs> you know, and they would always ask me, you know, who will you get married to? Are you ever going to get married just because of my demeanor? Mean in this position, um, and and part of it because of my past prior to Christ, mm. and just that revelation that God, you know what, I I I know that this comes from you, and I'm gonna wait. I'm not going to just go about it anyhow and trying to fill and try to see who is the right one, right? Mm. Because that lack of contentment causes us to try to see who, which sister is filling you, you yeah. know, like which one is being nice to you, mm. you know, which one dresses nice, which one is so kind, and those different things, right? right. Um, so I had to come to that place where I drew the line that, man, for me to really go on this journey, I have to know clearly that God is getting my attention on this. Mm. So, really, the the challenge for me in that is that making sure that I'm upfront with people that may show interest in one way or fashion by drawing those boundaries, yeah, and making it clear that this is not my intention. You know, <laughs> to the point that I had to t- have conversation with certain sisters. You know, in in the in the faith that man, I don't feel this way about you. I'm sorry. Mm. You know, this is not my heart. And and let us pray and just continue to seek the Lord because this is not what I'm thinking. You know, coming wow. to have those conversations now in Christ was something that I didn't do when I was not in <laughs> Christ, right? So it was it was a challenge but but me doing that really helped me enjoy my peace. Yes. Right. And not having to, you know, deal with a lot of things that that come with exposing and allowing those boundaries to be crossed.
0: Wow. Amen. And I think not only does it help you, but it helps the other person, too, Yeah, because it doesn't end up being an undefined relationship. But the boundary lines were made very clear right. that this is what it is. And I know for me um before when I was, you know, when marriage wasn't in the picture, I just knew in my heart that I didn't want to trivialize something that God takes so seriously and something that literally is is a representation of Jesus Christ's return for his bride. And if God sees this as that serious to even it being described as a mystery, I knew that it's not something that I wanted to take into my own hands because it's just, it actually can affect your destiny if you don't pursue marriage God's way so contentment for me simply looked like what Sophia said, like being concerned with the things of the Lord. I remember very clearly, um, December twenty sixteen, going to twenty seventeen, I said, Lord, I don't even care about marriage in that way. Like, of course, if it happens, like I'll be happy. But if I have to wait until I'm 30, I said, God, I'm okay. And some people would say, what kind of prayer is that? What if God actually does it? But it's like in my heart, I knew that God only wants the best for me. And so I'm completely content and I'm willing to wait for however long because I'm enjoying Jesus Christ. And that's what my life is about at the end of the day. Amen. 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 so, you know, Let's say you're someone who has, you know, you've been content for a while and you think that it may be time to begin to pray about marriage or, you know, no matter how much you try to pray it away, there's like a persistent feeling in your heart concerning relationships. (laughs) How do you know when it's your flesh that's leading you or how do you know when God is actually prompting you to pray about marriage? And if he is, how do you go about that?
1: (laughs) Okay, so Karm just looked at me, so I call Carmela's Carm. <laughs> um, but okay, so how do I know? For me, um, okay, let me let me share a scripture. Sorry. Um. So pretty much the Lord. Said in his Well, pretty much the scripture says, like, um, for all who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God. Yes. And so Romans 8, 14, that for me, I understand that the Lord is he's a perfect leader. He's a good shepherd. He won't lead me into a place that he's not going to go before me. Um, and so for me, the Lord began to speak to me about marriage um, around what year was that? I think 2014, 2014, February. And we were, I was actually um, in my fourth year in college, but I, I actually graduated after my fifth year. And so I was, I was coming back from BCF National Conference and, you know, I just began to have an impression on my heart about somebody. And I was just like, look, God, you know, I've been I've, I've been distracted before. This is another distraction. <laughs> and Uncle George had just got on the bus to tell us like, hey, you guys, you know how he comes on the bus when before you go relief. to those pit stops, you yeah. know, for food and stuff. So he's like, you guys are going back to school. You're going to have distractions. And he just wanted to encourage us that when you're when you feel that temptation, like especially with the opposite sex, like if you're thinking about somebody heavily. Go talk to an older person, someone that. You can probably see has already gone through that journey and is somewhere different from where you are currently. And so right there on that bus, I looked across and there was a person in graduate school that was married. And I was like, can I come talk to you tomorrow? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because I was like, I'm just coming back from conference. You know, I'm leading, you know, I, I'm, I'm leading this, you know, group of people. I don't want to be distracted. And I've had people on my heart before and I've told an older person. And as soon as we pray, it's gone. Mm-hmm. You know, those thoughts are done. Um, and so this one, when I shared it with this older person, you know, it continued over a year, over a year and a half, over a year and nine months before the actual person that was put on my heart in that
0: mm. season actually came to pursue me. And this was without you, like talking to the person yeah. and talking with the person. Mm-hmm. And
1: yeah, that was without any flesh. Right. It was just me. And honestly, whenever Carmel would come talk to me, I would just start sweating and shaking. And i will be so awkward. And I'm just like, why is he talking to me? You're like, I would just be really awkward around him because Carm was someone that... I thought was like Paul in the Bible, you know, he was just never <laughs> get married. He really talked, you know, ill of people who were, you know, just getting distracted, pursuing you know, pursuing marriage, because he was all about men's fellowship and always telling the guys. And, you know, I was you know, so I, I would notice that Carm was very passionate about, you know, you know, pursuing the Lord with your whole heart and your singleness and things of that nature. So when the Lord put him on my heart, I was like, this must be a joke. And I know he's not going to want to get married. So God, okay, maybe you're calling me to sing on this. It's okay. i to be single than marry the wrong person so if it's calm and he's not interested in marriage that's okay you know but I wasn't going to be a distraction obviously so um I just shared my story to say, like, for me, it was definitely the Lord speaking to me, giving me impressions of my heart, giving me peace, constantly reminding me. Um, he, like, there was, there was scriptural confirmations. There was things that the Lord would do throughout that, like, almost two year period to just make it clear that this was the Lord speaking. Cause I literally, I got stopped. Like, I said, cut it off. Like, take this away. You know, I, I really asked the Lord, like, I don't believe, like, this is not going to happen. Like, this mm. is not going to happen. This is Carmelis we're talking about. So um the people that the person I was talking to, I continued to talk to her throughout my journey. And it was only God that, you know, at the end of that journey, someone actually came to pursue me. Mm. Um, but how did I know that it wasn't my emotions? Because I was willing to let go. I think sometimes with your emotions, you want to help God out, you know, yeah. so when it was my emotions and I'm thinking about my timeline, I'm I'm trying to prophesy into this brother in Christ's life, you know, mm. like I'm trying to, you know, trying to manipulate a situation because I have this timeline or I have this desire to get married. And, you know, people, people love women of God. Right. So I knew that it wasn't my emotions because I was trying to run away. Mm. Right. So I think that's that one thing that showed me like, OK, Sophia, like this is something that. You even if you care about this person, you love this person, I respected his walk with the Lord way Mm. more than I than I I had interest in him knowing that, you know, the Lord showed, you know, me something about him.
0: There wasn't that like haste to just run on what you Mm -mm. thought you were hearing. Yeah. Mm.
1: So I was willing to wait. I was willing to not get married. I was willing to, you know, try to stay away from him when I'm around like not talk to him too much because it was just like awkward and I just didn't wanna you know give him any impressions that you know i i had any interest in in anything else other than jesus vcf <laughs> you know stuff like that so mm. yeah that's how i kind of could distinguish my flesh from um just the holy spirit leading me
2: Amen. Yeah. Amen. Now I would say that Sophia is incredible. I don't know if I could have held it <laughs> in that long without exposing myself, but um you know, um how did God speak to me? How did I come to this place that man this is God and this is not my flesh. I think that um when I after I got saved um and and just like how I've lived my life. I I kind of went into relationships thinking of, okay, let's see where this is going to lead, right? Uh, We have this concept, oh, this person likes me, I like them. Let's see where this is going to lead. And I actually had um, a situation like that even after getting saved. And I began to sense, like I alluded to earlier, that this sister is just, you know, when somebody is like, really liking you you know what i mean like it's not spoken but you can send something right mm-hmm. so um it was a test for me. It was a test of, Carmelis, what are you going to do now? You know, the old Carmelis would just go with the flow and see where things lead. And we know yeah. where it always leads, to death, right? Right. To those things that don't edify and don't, don't please the Lord. So I had to come to that place to say, you know what, and confront the situation. And I prayed with this sister and said, don't, I don't believe the Lord is leading me in this. I don't believe the Lord is showing me you in this regard. Please let's pray and end this. Mm. And I think that was the defining factor for me where on that day I said, Lord, I truly want your attention now. I said, God, I don't want anything else. The old Carmelis is no more. God, I am really looking to you. There's no one else that can stand and say, because of what Carmelis has done and said, I am feeling a certain way. I Mm. said, God, I am bare open before you. Yes. Get my attention when the time comes. Mm. And, you know, the, the Bible says in John chapter Um, 10 verse 27, that my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they'll follow me. Mm. And, you know, in our journey as Christians, we have to really know that the Lord has 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 really been speaking to us because as a Christian if you haven't been hearing the Lord in the day-to-day challenges of your Christian walk you will not know that the Lord is speaking to you especially something this heavy right and this important so I think that my walk with the Lord I have been able to discern how the Lord spoke to me yes over my life, you know, whether it be with family and doing things in the family and just really pursuing peace in different aspects of my life, I've been able to see the Lord speak to me in those things and I've followed suit and seen the result of them. Yes. So when the Lord spoke to me about Sophia, it wasn't like, oh no, I had to go and question the voice because I knew that this is the Lord speaking, you know. Um, And and what I did was I said, no, God, I'm not ready. I said, (laughs) I'm not ready because this woman is on fire. She just got ordained and no one in my family (laughs) has ever married in a pastor's home and all of this. So I have all these fears and anxiety, which I've never had before. Mm. Do you see what I'm saying? So that's when I began to know that, man, this is not the same Carmelis. This is something much more. This is, like she said, this is not, it's something that is good when it's coming to me. I'm like, no, like, how could this be? (laughs) Like, you know, like how, how Mary said, how can this be of me? You know, God, are you really saying this about me? So what I did was I went to mentors and they were able to just help me pray like Uncle George and really help me settle those fears um, to finally approach her um, so mm. yeah so I think that the key thing is really hearing the voice of the Lord yes. and distinguishing What is the voice of the Lord throughout your journey and with Christ, even before he starts speaking about um, who to marry?
0: I agree. I think it almost is kind of silly to say, God is speaking to me about marriage. But if I ask you, okay, but what is God speaking to you about in your life in general? And you can't. Pinpoint anything It's like All of a sudden God is now speaking But in the past God was never speaking at all It doesn't really make sense So I think it's very key How for both of you You in a place Where you were just serving God And God was speaking to you About your everyday life So it's not abnormal That he's now speaking to you About this other area of life And another thing I think Was also key Was that You weren't so quick to make haste and to just jump on this thing. Like there was a level of of caution, of pausing, of sobriety and saying, like, hey, you know, if this is the Lord, then there's a way I have to approach it as opposed to I'm just gonna run towards it. Um and I I, I wanna read a scripture. It is Galatians 5, 19, just the beginning, it says the acts of the flesh are obvious. Some versions say the acts of the flesh are evident, meaning that, you know, when it is your flesh, you know, you don't have to seek counsel from 10 different people. You know, when it is just your flesh, there's no basis for what is going on. It's just your emotions in a spiral. You just know it. And, you know, with you two, I think one mark that is just so amazing is that I see with you. scripture being fulfilled that in order to gain, you must be willing to lose. I see that you were both willing to just completely let go and say, you know what, God, I don't even want this. So just take it now before it becomes anything. And that is a real test. And it shows that, you know, this is not me just running after my flesh, but you know, God is actually saying something here. And there was mentorship. There was someone over you who could hear what you're saying, test what you were saying, and also pray with you and walk with you to see, okay, is this what God is actually saying? Um, and then, Eventually, it became courtship when God brought you together. And, you know, I wanted to kind of talk about that, you know, the whole thing about courtship because people have different opinions about courtship and, you know, dating. But, you know, let's, let's, let's define it. What is courtship and how is that different from, from dating? I know when I think of dating, I think of, I'm trying to see if this will work out. So, you know, I'm going to meet up with you or hang out with you. We're going to kind of test it. There's no final commitment. But if it does work out, though, there can be a commitment. But for right now, we're kind of just testing the waters to see, you know, I like you. You're a cool guy. You're a cool girl. Maybe this could work out. But then with courtship, there is a difference. And what exactly is that difference? So
1: my understanding of courtship is that this is two individuals who have, you know, received confirmation from the Lord And they are in agreement to pursue marriage. And so they embark on this journey together towards marriage. And they involve those mentors that they've had individually. They involve their different family members. They involve their spiritual leaders. They involve their... Church communities They involve You know Just friends That are also In godly relationships To journey with them Towards marriage So it's It's a journey Towards marriage So it's a very um, Intentional journey um, And you don't just Go on it um, Like you said Hastily uh, circum- Like you, you You're you very circumspective Of every step You're making yes. And you don't go b- Before you've co- you've Evolved some other parties I remember Karim's gonna share His testimony But he always says That before he came To talk to me He went and t- spoke With his dad He went and spoke with his mentors and he told them about me. I didn't know that he was, you know, interested in me or anything like that. Um, I thought Carmen's Paul, you know, he's not going (laughs) to ever get married, you know. But, uh, you know, unbeknownst to me, he was telling his family about me and everything about me. And um, by the time he pursued me, this was something that they were ready for him to do as well. They were ready to, you know get to know me and things of that nature. So um that is courtship, I believe. And why is how is it different? Um it's different because it's pure. You know, it's um it's integrity. It's um it's something that is very transparent. Um because since you've involved all these movement parties, they are able to, you know, ask you about how things are going. And um before you guys make any like if you do fall, you know, these people, oh, there's actually a scripture for that. Um, Ecclesiastics 4-9. Eccles, it, it talks about marriage, and I'm going to talk about it later on, but two are better than one because they are they have a good return for their labor. If either one, one of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? So in regards to courtship, um, when I think of this scripture, I'm thinking like you have this whole community that if one falls, they're able to find you and help you get up. And they're not just in this isolated dating kind of mindset that it's just the two of you guys until you know that you know that you know that this is right. supposed to move forward. But it's like everyone's involved and everyone's able to ask you. So Antonio can call me or, you know, um, you know, Sarah can call me or, you know, my friend Lexi can call me. Anyone can call me and say, how is your courtship going? Because yes. they know. I'm in courtship, and they know that we're hanging out, and they want to just make sure that everything's okay with us. And Mm. if I have anything I need them to pray with me about, I'm able to share. Or even if I have any testimonies, I'm able to share it. And so I also have a level. Even if they don't ask, I have a level of you know the Holy Spirit's here with me. And at the end of the day, you know whatever's in the dark is going to be revealed in the light. And so um, courtship is like you're intentional to to live as as the light of Christ, you know, and live unto the Lord. Um, and you know that you're you're living for eternity, um, every step of that process. And so your perspective is like, I just want to honor my father in heaven and mm-hmm. um, whatever that takes. So sometimes I would have to go talk to our mentors about Karm. <laughs> and I got rebuked once by a mentor. They were like, Sophia, did you tell Karm that you're to talk about this before? I was just so... You know, used to being single. So I, I just didn't know that I was supposed to like communicate with Karm before I go talk to my mentors like I need help with this in our courtship. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I was just so used to just being able to go talk to my mentors whenever I need it. Mm-hmm. But like that was the beauty of our courtship that accountability. We, yeah, yeah, we could ask questions and share that we need help. And that's the beauty of it. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes, sir. I think that in our society today, um, we can see that dating is, like Sophie alluded to, is people getting emotionally involved with themselves without any clear direction. And we know that the Bible tells us in Proverbs 29, verse 18, that where there is no vision, the people perish. Mm, So courtship for us as children of light is stepping into any relationship with a clear vision stepping into a relationship with the opposite sex, with a clear vision of what we are going to. And that is what marriage, right? Right. We are not in here to test, to see if this thing is going to walk out. No, we are coming together and we are believing God, right? That this is going to lead us to the altar and beyond. Yeah. Right. So we see that, because we are children of light the scripture has called us to really live as children of light yes as 1st Thessalonians 555 five, five tells us You are children of light And children of the day We do not belong to the night Or to the darkness mm. So dating You can see a lot of things Happening in the dark With dating People are hiding People are doing things In the dark With no one knowing They're right. trying to figure things out On their own You know And they They come to a place Of just emotionally wrecked Right No sense of direction um, But yeah So courtship for us as Christians is coming to live as children of light, making Mm. sure that what we do is Clear and is transparent, and is is that which is admirable, that yes. which is noble, that which is praiseworthy, right? Yes. That which is of good report. Coming before all men and saying, "This is what we are committing to do." We ask that you keep us accountable on this journey. Yes, right, and you are on a journey. You are not just playing around in the sand or, you know, and just trying to figure things out. No, you have a clear, distinctive uh, vision that, man, I want this to glorify the Lord and lead to that place of marriage.
0: Amen. I like how, you know, making it very clear that nothing is hidden. You know, it's not just two individuals doing their own thing, but it's, Uh, a whole effort of family, of mentors of accountability who will hold you to the boundaries that you set up to the standard of Christ and won't allow you to just, you know, do anything anyhow. And, you know, a thing with dating is that you are justified in entering and leaving entering anyhow you want to. So you can become emotionally entangled with one person. You find that you don't really like it. So you leave and become emotionally entangled with another person. And then, you progress and progress and progress, but by the time you're married, you've been entangled with, you know, four or five people. Even if you didn't have sex, like your souls have already mingled God. and you can't sit in the presence of all those people confidently knowing that this person knows this about you, this person has, you know, reached this depth of your heart and they had no right to do that if you weren't going to marry them. But with courtship, like you said, there is a clear end goal. And even for me, you know, in entering courtship, because we had a, a clear end goal, we could literally, we were able to start planning towards marriage from the very beginning, Absolutely. from the very beginning, we were like, okay, we know what we're aiming for. So we can start planning now. There was no uncertainty. There was, there was a level of security that almost comes when, you know, you give, you give life to Christ. I know that Jesus is coming. So I am actively preparing for his return because I know that he's coming and I'm now with Christ. I'm in Christ. And I know that he shall surely return. And so with courtship, it's like we're going in with the mindset that this is our end goal. Our family knows our mentors know our pastors know, and we are actively moving towards this end goal and they're aware of our boundaries. And they know that, okay, we're committing to not doing this, not doing this, not doing that. Whereas, you know, dating is almost like an avenue for the flesh to kind of do what it wants. Absolutely, And there are some Christians who, who, cause some Christians say, well, I'm dating and I'm not having sex. We're not kissing. We're not doing this. We're not doing that. We just want to make sure that it's, that it's really God. But you know, if God can speak to you about everyday things and surely he can speak on the area of marriage, you know, that's who God is. He's able to do, like you said, my sheep hear my voice and the voice of a stranger. They do not obey. And so God is definitely able to speak and give you that security. I feel like it's almost it, no, it is protection for us. It's protection from hurt, from situations, just from all these things where you know that this is God and he is the the, the third cord that is keeping us together. Um, Another thing I think we should also address is just the idea of online dating Mm. because that's becoming very popular now amongst Christians too. Um, You know that thing of online dating. What would you say is is you know the biblical perspective on that when it comes to someone who you know wants to get married in their community? They don't see anybody. Maybe everybody's too young or everybody's too old, so the result to let me look online for something. Let me you know see what I can find there. So they're kind of testing the waters with different people. You know. What is the biblical perspective on that?
1: All right. So I have two scriptures. Um, the first one comes from Proverbs um, 4.23. It says, above all else, guard your heart um, for everything you do flows from it. And then First John 4. Um, verses one through six, it really talks about false prophets. And it the first verse says, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, right? Um, be, because many false prophets have gone into the world. Um, and then, I just want to encourage you, if you're on this, listening to this podcast and you're like waiting and you've been patient and you're like, man, I, I want to, you know, date online. I actually heard of a story of someone getting married to someone they met online. I've done hair because I, I did hair for a long time. And um, I did hair for someone who was getting her bridal hair done for for. Someone she met online. They went and they got married. Um, and so I, I understand that these things sometimes lead to marriage, but I just want to encourage you, like, if you don't test, like, if you're able to wait on the Lord and guard your heart and you're entering into situations where you're just swiping a button to like learn about somebody or someone's telling you they're a Christian based on what they put on their page. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, okay, you're a Christian. Okay. Let's, let's, let's get together and let's kind of know whether we, um, we work well together, whether there's chemistry. I don't know what's going on in your life and I don't know what's going on in the other person's life. But one thing I do know is that um, the Lord has blessed you with. With the community. The Lord says that he puts the lonely in families. Like the Lord has already surrounded you with so many, um, you know, people in your community. The Lord surrounds you with family members that love you and they're caring for you and they're praying for you. And I believe that in your community or in, you know, just even in your place of work or even in your school, like God can do something, you Mm -hmm. know? And I think sometimes we're not willing to just Sometimes we just, we're just like, I want a specific thing. And because I don't feel like I see it or I don't feel like I'm, you know, I, I want to go and ex- like, look for that specific thing. So, you're reading people's pages to find out if they're that specific thing. Yeah. But test every spirit because I can tell you that a lot of people get put anything online. Anything. People on social media, we know that people just dress up and they go to places and they take pictures and they post them on social media. It does not mean that, that they're, they're working. It does not mean that they're, you know, they, they have any resources to live that lifestyle. They might be living on credit, but they're posting pictures, really <laughs> nice pictures on social media. How much more a dating website? You you can say that you're very clean, that you brush your teeth, you know, that you're living. Well. These things can be lies. And yeah. how much more like you're a believer, you know, how much more you want to build a godly home, godly children, godly seed. God forbid this person is saying these things and they're not actually doing this. Right. Yes. And you're yoking yourself to this person for life. Um, mm. And so the people I know, like the one person did her here. She's not a believer. Um, and. I, I can't speak on that, but when I what I will say for someone who is in, in the body of Christ is that um Adam was 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 not interested in marriage and the Lord desired marriage for him. Yeah, And I believe that, you know, sometimes we just have to get focused. And in our focusing, we're able to Get something better than we could ask, think, or imagine. Cause that's mm. what the Lord's promise is that He wants to exceed our expectations. He wants to exceed things that we can conceive for ourselves. So, um, I, I don't know all about dating a line cause I've never yeah. had to go that route. And I've actually heard that some spiritual leaders are like, you know, that's not all bad. And, but I will say this is that, you know, you have to test every spirit. Yeah. And, um, you can't do that by reading someone's page. And so that means you do have to go into this dating realm and you do have to now test the waters. And that, that's opening your heart to a lot of, um, yeah. A lot of ups and downs, and I, I personally don't have the, you know, strength to to go through all that. You know, <laughs> one day yes, one day no. This person likes me. This person doesn't like me. Yeah. You meet someone, then they're not interested, or I, I don't have time for that. I yeah. wouldn't. I personally wouldn't, especially if I have brothers and sisters in Christ around me all the time. That I'm like.
0: I don't need this. So some may say that they have the strength to go through those type of things. Like they have the time or they have the energy, but um, although this may, it may sound uh insensitive, but I think it comes down to what you have the faith for. Yeah. What do you have the faith to believe God for? I know for me personally, I said, Lord, I believe that, you know, at the right time you can get my attention. Yeah. I believe that you can give me a testimony that gives you glory. I believe that you can speak to someone without me having to manipulate him yeah. without flirting with him without even having to call or text him. Yeah. Like that was the faith that you know God put in my heart. Like I said, Lord, based on what I see in the scriptures, based on what I know you to be, this is what I have the faith for. And by the grace of God it happened. So my question to anyone who's contemplating these things is what do you have the faith for? Yeah. And the beautiful thing is that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Yeah. So even if you even if you don't have the faith for it now, immerse yourself in the word of God and let God increase your faith. I I don't care what, where you are, if you're in school in a different state, if you're whatever age, I don't care what part of life you're in. Sarah was of old age. Her womb was not it was done when it came to giving to having children but the Bible says that it was by faith that she bore children by faith so my question is what do you have the faith for do you have the faith for God to do something like that or is your faith being challenged to the point where all you can see is the natural things of having to pick and choose and put it in your own hands and if it is know that God can give you he can even give you the gift of faith to strengthen your faith to say you know what Lord I want to do this in an honorable way where I know that you're the one that spoke to me because when you are married and we're going to get to that and challenges come people will say oh man you know what I probably made a mistake this wasn't the right one so let me now go and find the right one but no when you know that God spoke to you no matter what challenge comes your way you're able to fight for it why because you're grounded on a word from the Lord and God's word cannot return void I know no matter what challenge I face no matter what storm comes God's word cannot return void and if I know that he spoke to me no matter what happens come sun come rain come storm whatever I know that God spoke and his word is true it is settled forever in heaven and earth therefore I can stand on this word and we can fight to remain together. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen.
2: Amen. I want to add to that. You know that the scripture tells us in First John chapter two verse um, sixteen. It says, "For everything." Um, in the world The lust of the flesh The lust of the eyes And the pride of life Comes not from the Father But from the world The world and his desires Pass away But whoever does The will of the of God Lives forever mm-hmm. So we really see that When you're going online You're mainly going With what you're seeing With what you're perceiving From the flesh You get what I'm saying? You're going from What you're sensing Coming through your, your, your senses you, yeah. you get what I'm saying? But the, the, the scripture is telling us that these things are not the life that God has called us to mm. live, that we are the men and women who walk by faith, not by sight yes. that we are. Th- and the faith cometh by hearing and the word of Christ is that word that we hear. Right? So when you haven't planted yourself in that place of really seeking the will of God, come into that place of knowing and assurance that God is leading you in this place and you're not looking on the external Right. But you're believing in God. It's what God is looking for. And God says that those who do things this way will last forever. Mm. So we're talking about foundations for 40, 50 years from now.
0: Yes. Amen. Amen. Because someone will say, ah, you people now, you're too serious. You're too serious. Unbelievers get married and they're married for many, 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 many years. You know, someone was telling me that there's a couple who was married, I think for 50 something years and they're not Christians. So if unbelievers can do it, then why do we have to pray and pray and fast and have God speak to us? Like, why can't we just, I mess with you, I mesh with you, like we're compatible. Why can't we just pursue it? But when you think about the purpose of marriage for a believer, it makes all the difference you know we're not just in this because we are romantically in love and we love each other we want to have kids but there is a bigger purpose you know the bible likens the marriage of a man and a woman onto the mystery of christ and the church something that is even sometimes so hard to fathom like it is the very representation of god on earth so when it is that serious in god's eyes it's also that serious for us yeah. some people pray and fast about what school they should go to but when it comes to marriage all of a sudden it's like okay well let me just test it and honestly. Honestly, I think the real thing is that we want to be in control That's right. and we're so afraid of letting go of control yeah. because we don't we think that God's either going to set us up or he maybe doesn't care that much. Or, you know, if I don't have a say in how it goes, it's not going to end. Well, how can I enter a coach with somebody who I haven't talked to about marriage for the past two years? You know, how is that possible? And, you know, people also then begin to turn away from, you know, BCF and, and GRM, people who are leaders in the ministry or who you know are members. Members in the ministry, you know, have sat under teaching in BCF. Oh my gosh, for all of undergrad and everything that that, that is taught is good, is great. But then on the topic of relationships, it is the biggest stumbling block ever. And it's all of a sudden, no, what BCF is saying, you know, what they're preaching is not okay. I'm going to go and find my own medium. And I think we should talk about that because, you know, you know, God relationship movement in BCF, um, you know, people have heard that if you come to them, and let's say you're already in a courtship or you're, you're thinking about somebody, they tell you to pause and pray for three months. And that can almost seem like, ah, I've already prayed. You know, God's spoken to me. Why should I pause and pray for three months? But I think it goes back to what you all were alluding to about if you want to gain, you must be willing to lose. Jesus said that because anybody who tries to gain on their own will end up losing in some way or another. And you might think that, well, I can still end up getting married. Sure, you might end up at the same end goal, but the blessings along the way you have forfeited them completely. So yes, you may have a ring on your finger. You may have a marriage license, but the blessings of God, you're supposed to get along the way you completely missed out on them because you forsook the way of the Lord. Um, Yeah.
2: No, I absolutely agree with you. um, That, BCF is is positioned by the Lord to lead students to Christ and raise them to be reliable. Yes. You know, and we want to raise reliable men and women. We want to make sure that your marriage is reliable. That mm-hmm. students can look at your marriage and say, God, if you can do it for them, I want you to also do it in my life. We get it, we live it, we give it, right? Yeah. So BCF is there to help us really Put to action what Proverbs fifteen to- 22 talks about and he says plans fail for lack of counsel but with many advisors they succeed. We are positioned to help you ask yourself these tough questions Mm. that could be clouded by emotions. The tough questions that could be clouded by the euphoria of having someone that you just met that is interested in you to really examine your heart to see whether you are really in the faith like the scripture calls us to really make sure I'm Am I walking in righteousness? Yeah. Am I pursuing purity? Am I laying the right foundations, right that will help carry my marriage for the longevity that God has called it? Because yeah. this is a journey of no return. Yes. For us, we don't have a, a, a choice to whether stay in this thing or leave. No, God has called us to a lifelong commitment, a covenant, but it has to be rested on the right foundations. Mm-hmm. So that's why we exist and. That's why BCF is here to help people navigate and succeed in this area, to really be prayerful and carefully consider what you're stepping into, because the Bible says that who goes to war without counting, counting the, the cost? Cause. Cause. Mm. How can you win a battle without counting the cost? BCF is there to position you in a place to count the cost. You know, if I did not, I'm I'm, I'm so blessed by BCF because people like Uncle George and, and the different people that were able to pour into me helped me to ask myself the questions that I wouldn't have asked myself. You know, so... I want people to see this ministry as a platform for you to enjoy all the blessings yes. that God has for you in your marriage.
0: Amen. Because there's is, there's is life after you know the wedding. When you're yeah. married, you know, there is now you fulfilling what you should be doing as a married couple. Yeah. And what we see sometimes is there are people in the ministry who got married and then their marriage caused their spiritual decline. And it's like, how is that possible? You know, you were on fire, you were on fire. But then you got married, and all of a sudden now you're 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 not, and and, and we, we you're not even present in fellowship anymore. And that's why it's so important that you know along the way there is that scrutiny, there is that testing, so that we know that if other tests come down the line, you're able to stand. You know what is three months of prayer to spending the rest of your life together? Yeah. And you know even for me when I was you know going through the process, I didn't even know I was going through the process. It was just okay. I'm praying more because I want to be sure. But you know let's talk about you know being in marriage because you guys are now married, you've experienced the transition from being an undergrad and then being an alumni and then now being married together. But one thing that I always say uh, or that I do say about you two distinguishly is that although you are married, you're still present in fellowship and you found a way to serve even though you are married. And I want to ask, you know, how is that? You know, what is it that has kept you serving in the ministry? Although, you know, you have now added responsibility and things pulling you left and right.
2: Amen.
0: Amen. (laughs) Well, I'll just say it's Jesus, honestly. Um,
1: You know, I I think no matter what season you're in, whether it be singleness, courtship or marriage, like what is your focus? You know, Um, for me, I just I want to live like Christ. You know, I want to I want to do everything that the Lord has called me to do. Um, and I thank God for the ministry of BCF because we're relentlessly pursuing Christ and we're relentlessly, you know, fulfilling his great commission, um, you know, within the campus context, but even outside of that because God is changing lives on college campuses churches are being transformed homes are being transformed you know communities are being transformed yeah and so just um for 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 me personally i just keep my eyes on jesus and i just do what i see my father doing i I just follow you know by the grace of god you know and so whether that be in bcf um however that looks like, whether it be leadership conferences or going to uh, Marvel's encounters or, you know, just being present at different events that we do or different um, opportunities we have to interact with the younger generation. It's, it's honestly a blessing. I count it all joy. Um, I think when you get married, you do have more responsibilities um, because you desire to make sure there's food on the table. You're no longer living in your parents' house. You can't just say, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to intern for free and I'm going to eat my parents' food. Like, I can't do that anymore. I got to kind of like make sure we're OK. We're like, you know, going from glory to glory in regards to our finances or even our health has to be OK. Or, you know, there's things in the house that need to be in order, like we need to do laundry, you know. So there's things that need to happen that you're not just like at home with your parents and they're doing it for you. Um, so it's, it's definitely a different pace. So sometimes it's like you want to you, you need to find balance. And I think that balance comes with just being living before the audience of one. Right. And so what is the Lord saying? If he's telling you to go to that conference, go, because he's going to bless you. He's going to bless the people that are there too. He wants to use you there, but he also wants to speak to you. But if he's telling you to pray for your family or just so to be at home for, for you know, you have to be sensitive so that there's peace. Because if you're home, but you're not supposed to be home. David got in trouble, right? He was doing, everyone was at war and he was at home looking at as someone else's wife, you know? Yeah. And so you want to definitely be where the Lord is calling you to be. But then you also, so that's just being sensitive and focusing on Jesus. And so I believe that's what, personally, I can say I do. And I believe we do. Karm um, challenges me, like, because I, I can be tired a lot with being in school right now. Um, I can be very tired sometimes. I'm like, man, you know, this this is it's a lot. And, you know, Karm is always like, you know, it's not you that's doing it. You know, it's Jesus that's doing it. And so that is definitely, encouragement. But it's also great to have a friendship with my husband, because when I'm tired, like I'm like, hey, Carmen, this Bible study, like, can you can you help me like teach the Bible study? He'll be like, OK, you know, even though he too had <laughs> didn't have time to really, you know, do all that he w- would love to do to prepare for something, he'll take you know, he'll help me out. He'll carry my cross because he knows that I have a desire to serve the Lord. And th- the one thing I could do is just bring people together. But it may be hard for me to balance some other things so um marriage is beautiful because now it's not just one it's two as one right so you have the the i have friendship with my husband and i i'm very honest with him and i cry a lot i'm like i'm overwhelmed and he's like okay let's pray or like how can he serve so i think that's how we're still connecting in be self because we're friends not only are we married but we're friends and we do things together
2: Mm -hmm. Amen. I want to shed a light that, man, marriage is not a destination, but Mm -hmm. it's a journey. And I think that, you know, our seeking of the kingdom of God and righteousness does not end once we get married. And I think that's what we have come to understand and embrace that, you know, Matthew 6, 33 says, but seek you first, the kingdom of God and all these things, all the things of life, Mm -hmm. the grace that we need to handle our life, right? All that we need to do what God has called us to do will be added onto us. Remember, marriage is an addition. Yeah. on your seeking and aligning yourself with God and and doing the will of God. So that is the disposition on our hearts and and really how we have we been involved in BCF is really asking the Lord to make this vision um, clear and write it abroad our hearts. You know, there are competing, uh, desires out there that, yeah. you know, people get married And so many ministries out that want you to be part of, you know, what is happening and not many people are truly saved in, in many, de- ministries out there, but just really knowing that, man, there is value in what we're doing here in BCF, Mm -hmm. that someone who was wretched wretched and and just in darkness like me can just come to an event and encounter Jesus Christ and see the transformation that has happened in my life and in the life of so many students around us is something rare in our environment, in our society today. So it's really we see the value And we want to invest and we want to be part of and continue to be part of what God is doing Mm. in leading students to Christ. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Yeah, I think what you guys both said is very key. You know, even in your marriage, your focus is still on Jesus. And when it comes to serving in the ministry specifically, the vision has not shifted because you've gone to the altar. But, you know, it's still burning in your hearts. Even though you're not on campus, seeing students save is still something that, you know, you are actively wanting to see happen. And I think that's why, um, you know, even as a married couple, you're still able to do the work. Because, I mean, you could be serving anywhere else. You could become, you know, you can jump to different ministries if you wanted to, but when it comes to BCF in particular, I think those whom the vision is still on their hearts will find a way to serve even when seasons change. I think that's so profound. So, um, you know, we've covered a lot from singleness, being content in singleness to courtship and marriage, but I want to give you an opportunity just to share just a closing remark, whether to encourage someone to share a couple scriptures or, you know, anything you think, you know, someone would need to hear in this moment. So um, either you can go first. You can think about it for a little bit if you need to.
2: My wife will go
1: first. <laughs> he at me. Okay, I will say um, one of the things that we didn't talk about today is just some of the challenges we faced while we've been married. And I think, um, or even in courtship, um, but one thing that I found was challenging for me personally was that, you know, for instance, like, I guess sometimes it's like, I just want to, I'm like, I don't know if I'm ready to, to leave everything, right? I'm not ready to leave my whole life that I knew before, um, Carm came in the picture behind. And I think I, I look at the story of Rebecca, who says she will go, right? Mm -hmm. With, with Abraham's servant, um, that came to find a wife for Isaac. I look at the story of Ruth, who said, where you go to, to, to her, her late husband's mother, like, I will follow you like where you go, I go. Where you stay, I stay. And I think that for me is definitely just encouragement that you know it's never even Jesus in the garden gets send me. He's like Father, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, if, if if you can like take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but let your will be done. I think yeah. marriage people see it as like it's easy, but I can tell you with from singleness to courtship, you're gonna go through some seasons where you're like, I don't know. I know God, you spoke, but Lord, this is hard. This is a mm-hmm. whole. St- this is a new season, and I, I I need grace for it. And I just want to encourage you: there is grace, and um, that's something that's a challenge that I've, by the grace of God, I'm, I'm overcoming. I'm um, not looking back, you know, not looking back, not not focusing on what life was like, but focusing on what now God has for us and what we can accomplish together mm-hmm. because two is better than one. Yes. And so um, I just want to encourage you: if you are in marriage or you're in courtship, and it just seems like there's so much responsibility and it's so new and is hard. I know a lot of people when they're courting, it's like a really hard season. Like, we, like my friend will call me and she's like, I'm so feeling. this is hard. And I'm like, yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Like you'll be crying because it's such a new season and it looks so glorious from the singleness, you're seeing people courting, you're like, wow, I can't wait. But then when you're in courtship, you're just like, oh my goodness, this is, I'm dying to my flesh every single day. Yes. You know, constantly having to surrender what I want. And it sometimes is hard, but I just want to tell you that the Lord is definitely able. He's, he's, he's able. He's there with you. So if you're listening to this and you're in a courtship or if you're in a marriage and, and you're just like, man, this is a lot of sacrifice. This is a lot of laying my life down. This is a lot of, you know, um, and cleaving. This is a lot of, you know, just just choosing to be one when I just want to be myself. <laughs> um, I just want to encourage you, Lord. Is the Lord is, um, you know, His grace is sufficient, and um, I just pray that the Lord and even in this season, He'll just continue to just you know speak over you and, and remind you of what He's said about you. And even Galatians five, the fruits of the spirit and first Corinthians 13, you know, what love looks like. Um, because those are areas where I have to constantly ask the Lord to help me with my kindness, like be kind, be patient, you know, um, be slow to anger, you know, um, have self-control. These are areas yeah. that I, I'm i growing in because being in a marriage, being close to someone every single day, you will be challenged. And the Bible says in Job 23, 10, like, you know, that when you're tested, you'll come out as pure as gold, right? Yes. Um, He knows the way I'm going. And when I'm tested, I'll come out as pure as gold. So that's my prayer for you. You're going to come out as pure as gold. When you stand before the Lord, you're going to be more glorious than you were um, before your journey into courtship and into marriage. And uh, we're here with you as a ministry and as Community, that you don't have to do your courtship journey, your marriage journey, even your single journey alone. Amen. Amen.
2: Amen. 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 I want to share that, man. To anybody out there Who is thinking Man Can God really do this For me mm. Can God do this Can I have a testament Can I have a testimony That I please God That I The Lord got my attention For that one right That the Lord was with me Throughout this journey And I was able to give Him glory Through it all I want you to know That it is possible Amen. You know The Bible tells us In Psalm 84 That you know The Lord is, is the Son and a shield. No good thing does he withhold from they who walk uprightly before him. So I want you to know that, man, there is no good thing that God would withhold from you as you continue to, you know, um, walk uprightly before him. And for my married people, you know, who are just in this season of uncertainty, what the future would hold, you know, for us, we, we stepped into marriage not knowing where we're going to live. Sophia was in school and Louisiana and I was working in this area and we were just like God what is, where are we going to be like are we going to live our life separate like what you know the first few years of our marriage what is going to happen and I think when we came to that place of pursuing oneness that no matter what nothing would divide us whether it be school whether it be family whether it be our own desires nothing would separate us is really what has helped us along this journey and we have seen God move mightily in our be- on our behalf when we have come in agreement. So Amen. I'm encouraging you, pursue oneness, pursue agreement. Because in that place, heaven acts on our behalf.
0: Amen. 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 And I just want to encourage someone who may currently be in a dating relationship or something that you think is courtship, but you've fallen into sin. I want to read a scripture, Ephesians 5, 5. It says, For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure, who is covetous, that is an adulterer, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. If you are currently in a dating relationship or situationship or whatever, Type of relationship, and you know, you're hearing this and you're being convicted. I want to encourage you to turn from whatever it is that is pulling you from the will of God and to submit to Christ, knowing that God is able to redeem the time that is lost. It is better for you to be single and content and serving the Lord, knowing that you are in God's will, than to be in a relationship because you simply desire to get married. Here's the thing many people will go to heaven, but not only will you be. Not only does it matter that you go to eternity, but also how you spend eternity. There are rewards for those who overcome. There is a crown of righteousness. And so although we will all be in heaven, there are rewards for those who say, as long as I am on this earth, in this body, my life is for the Lord. So it is better for you to suffer in the flesh now and to receive glory later in heaven than to now indulge in the flesh and reap the benefits later. Know this, that marriage will not solve sexual immorality. Marriage will not solve Addictions to pornography Marriage will not solve Addictions to masturbation Marriage will not solve lust Marriage will not solve Greed or envy Marriage won't even Solve loneliness If these things Are not taken care of In your singleness You will find yourself In a marriage You will be locked in And you will realize That the things You are trying to Medicate Have not been solved Because of marriage So I encourage you If you're a single And you're, you're finding yourself You know Pursuing marriage For the wrong reasons I encourage you to pause and stop and to... excuse me, to seek contentment in Christ Jesus. Know what you are signing up for. Marriage is about dying to yourself. So right now you can't even die to Christ. You can't die to your flesh. You can't wake up and begin to pray. You can't read your Bible. You can't seek God without distractions. Know that marriage will not solve that. In fact, you will get married and you will completely draw away from the Lord because what you're doing now as a single will be amplified in marriage. So if you're in a place where you are not even seeking the face of God, you're not reading your Bible you're not praying you're not communing with the Holy Spirit marriage is not what you should be looking for right now you should be looking to go back to the feet of Jesus like Mary and just stay in that place because again it is better for you to be so encompassed by the Lord than to be in a relationship where your spiritual life is deteriorating completely so I encourage you I don't care how old you are I don't care what has happened in the past it is better for you to be single and content than to be in a relationship and your spiritual life is declining because at the end of the day Marriage is all about the Lord. And as you are waiting, know that God is able. Abel, Hebrews 11, 11 says, again, by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was unable to bear children because she considered him faithful, yeah. who had promised. Yeah. And God has promised. No good thing, including marriage, will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. So I encourage you, continue to walk uprightly. And God, who has promised, consider him faithful. And in due time, in the Lord's time, he will surely do it. Amen. 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 So um, on that note, we're just going to go ahead and pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray, Lord, for all those who are listening, whether single, whether in courtship, whether dating, whether married even whether divorced father you are able to do all things God we know that with God all things are possible you are the redeemer God you're the one who's able to vindicate us so father I pray as we have heard your worth God with faith arise I speak to you O daughter of Zion that you would see your worth in Christ Jesus and guard your heart from all that is not the Lord I speak to you young man of God that you would set your attention on the Lord until he tells you that it is the time to pursue marriage I speak to you, O couple that is married, that you will fix your eyes on Jesus again and not become indulged in your flesh. Father, I pray that you would help us as a body, help us as a ministry, Father, to pursue righteousness, love, and joy in the Holy Spirit. I just ask, O God, that as for us, Lord, the area of relationship will not be a stumbling block, God. The area of marriage will not take us away from you, Lord. But Father, we will continue to serve you wholeheartedly, God, with our eyes on eternity, whether single, whether courting, whether married God, we will know that there is a high prize for this calling that we are running after. Let us not lose sight of the cross. Let's not lose sight of Jesus Christ. Help us. Oh God, we know that you're able to help us. You've done it before and you will continue to do so because you who have started a good work, God, you are faithful to complete it. So we just say, thank you, God. We thank you. And we bless you in Jesus name. We pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. Thank you so much. Karmaz and Sophia, and for those who are listening, please, please, please reach out to the Godly Relationship Department. You can reach them at real, R-E-A-L-A-T-I-O-N-S-H-I-P at BethelCampusFellowship.com. That's realationship. Reach out to them. Don't suffer in silence. Don't go through heartbreak in silence. If you're confused, you have questions, just reach out. In the multitude of counsel, there is safety. So thank you for listening. We hope you are blessed. God bless you. Hallelujah.